1998, Raymond Scott was diagnosed with kidney disease at the age of 29. Since then, he and his wife, Annalyn, have devoted their lives to raising awareness as well as promoting prevention, healthy living on dialysis, and expediting research and development of new treatments. Together, they have founded the One in Nine movement, in which they aim to change the trajectory of kidney disease. In this episode of the ASN Kidney News Podcast, ASN Executive Vice President Todd Ibrahim speaks with Raymond and Annalyn about their efforts and adventures. So Raymond, when were you diagnosed with kidney disease? I was diagnosed with kidney disease in 1998. It was actually after coughing and thinking that I had bronchitis. Just went into urgent care thinking that I would get antibiotics and be on my way. And the nurse took my blood pressure once and did it again with the machine. And then she did it manually and said, hold on, Mr. Scott, and got the doctor. And Annalyn, you can elaborate on that. Yeah, his blood pressure was 270 over 190, and by the time they got him to the emergency room, it was 300 over 200. So his kidneys were done at that point, and I, and I wanted to share it was February 20th, 1998. So when he did the Dancing with the Stars, it just happened to be on the exact anniversary 18 years later of his kidneys failing, which I think also is a testament to his longevity and, and the fact that kidney disease and dialysis don't necessarily have to be a death sentence. As you went through the diagnosis, I'm just wondering for either of you what your initial reaction was when they said that your kidneys had failed. Well, I was just lost in a haze because I never knew anyone with kidney disease at that time. And for someone to hear that their kidneys have failed and they will have to do dialysis, it's a shock because you're learning things that you never thought you would have to learn your whole life. And to me, I was still urinating, so why aren't my kidneys working? And it just got more technical, but I didn't hear anything with the exception of your kidney fail and you have to do dialysis. And to take all of that in at that moment, it was shocking because I didn't know what to expect. And because, you know, ignorance is bliss, I didn't know anybody who was on dialysis, so I didn't really have a fear, but I was just, lost in a haze. Is there something you wish that the nephrologist or the nephrology nurse or someone else had told you during that time as, as you were transitioning into life on dialysis and, and thinking about kidney disease in your future? I'm sort of curious as to if you had advice for the health professionals, what would that be? I think the advice, and this is something we've learned over all of the years, uh, is twofold. One, the importance of early detection the importance of prevention, and then also, you know, looking at the different modalities and different options that are available. So it it was recently, I would say maybe about 10 or 11 months ago, Raymond was at the VA visiting with his doctor, and she was looking back through all of his medical records, and he had gotten out of the military a year before his kidneys had failed. And, you know, Raymond knew he had hypertension. He was on high blood pressure medication, but he wasn't checking it regularly. And so the doctor said to him, Mr. Scott, when you were in the military, did they mention to you that your kidneys were in decline? No one had. Had they said that to him back when he was 28 years old and said, Mr. Scott, your kidneys are in decline and you have hypertension and high high blood pressure is the second leading cause of kidney disease, here are some things that you probably should do to protect your kidneys. He would have done it. So obviously we can't turn back the hands of time, but we want to help others to have more of a chance in detecting it early. 
Also, the second part to that would be the awareness, not just within the nephrology community, but outside of that with the primary care physicians, you know, looking at how important the kidneys are. And then also with, again, those, those different modalities. So Raymond's been through pretty much all of them. I administer his dialysis treatments from home. He's on the next stage, home hemodialysis treatment. And that has been working out so well for him. In fact, I think that's a big reason why he was able to do Dancing with the Stars because he had the energy, he had the stamina. And we've been on this modality for about three, three and a half years. But I wish that we would have known about the modality sooner. In fact, it was one of the nephrologists that we had seen at one of his hospital visits that told us about it. Uh, but even then, as we went to get more information, we, we were still a little bit misinformed about what was going to be needed for the treatment. At the time, they were saying that I would probably need to take four to six weeks of training. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I can't take six weeks off of work. That truly was not the case. It wasn't that much training. And what I know now, the benefits with his health, had it been six weeks, I would have done it. So I think patients don't know what they don't know whether it be the risk factors or, or signs or early detection of kidney disease all the way up through, you know, what are, what are some of the different treatment options. So you've mentioned awareness and prevention, and, of course, those are two of the three core pillars for the One in Nine Roadshow. Why don't we use this as a transition, and if you could just tell us about the Roadshow. It's just a really cool idea, and I'm looking forward to learning more about it. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a blast. So, you know, our, our third pillar for One in Nine is regenerative medicine. And so I look at all three of those, the awareness, prevention, regenerative medicine, as being very key and important. So as we traveled across the U.S., this was our first road tour, by the way. We've done some local events here in the Phoenix area, but I I really saw it important to get out and take the message to the people and to meet with people that were patients or doctors and and just more in the, not just in the kidney community, but even outside of the kidney community. Because one in nine, just the title alone, it comes from the statistic that 26 million Americans or one in nine adults have kidney disease. What was startling to me is that 90% don't know it. So in our mission of getting out there, we want to reach that 90% that have no idea that they have kidney disease, but we also want to reach the general population and reach people that may be at risk for it. So often people are are well aware of the risk factors or what to look for with breast cancer, for example, but most people don't know that more people die from kidney disease each year than breast cancer. So if that's shocking to me, and we've been living this for 19 years, you know, let's get out there and share this with people and do it in a fun way. So as we're going to different cities, we're meeting with people, and I tell you, March was, as you know, Kidney Disease Awareness Month, and we covered a lot of ground. We traveled about 6,000 miles leaving Phoenix and going from Dallas to Nashville to Atlanta, Charleston, Charlotte, Richmond, D.C., Baltimore, New York, Cleveland, Chicago, St. Louis, Albuquerque, and back home to Phoenix. And so it was a whirlwind, but it was the trip of a lifetime. We, we really enjoyed the people that we were able to meet. We're excited to take the second leg of our tour covering the West Coast this June. 6,000 miles, that's a big endeavor in a month, and timing it with Kidney Disease Awareness Month and World Kidney Day and you know all the excitement around these topics in the month of March. Um, which cities stand out to you as you sort of reflect on it and some experiences you had? I'd just be curious as to which ones really, you know, you got a good crowd and people were engaged and you feel like you really were able to reach that 90%. Yeah, you know, I think one of the cities that really stands out, Raymond will probably expand on this, was Charleston. 
you know, Raymond's hometown, and we were able to participate in the National Kidney Foundation's Kidney Walk there in Charleston, actually on Raymond's birthday. So that was pretty special. Um, we used it as an opportunity also almost as a, as a family reunion and, and a new reunion. He, Raymond was able to meet his father's side of the family for the very first time. So that was really special. It was interesting to meet people on his father's side that had kidney disease. But it was also, I think, a great opportunity as people came out from the family and from the community to go on the walk and support. They were able to learn more that they didn't know before. So I, I know that stands out for both of us. Raymond, I don't know if you want to expand on that at all. Yeah, to come back to my hometown of kidney disease patients and to speak in front of the National Kidney Foundation there in Charleston was a definite honor, and, and I'll always remember that. Um, to meet family that I had never known and to find out that kidney disease had struck this family many times over was very shocking to me also. I just think of it as an honor, and that is the most memorable moment for me in that city, being Charleston. I mean, I always have a good time when I go home. But it was more meaningful because we had so much to share with not only my family, but others who came out to the kidney walk. In other cities, we did have the chance to meet people that, like, for example, um, when we were in New York City, we did a tribute event for Fife Dog, who was one of the founding members of a tribe called Quest, uh, an iconic hip-hop group. And Fife unfortunately lost his battle with diabetes and kidney disease last year. And so this, we, we had a tribute event to him and, and a kidney disease and diabetes awareness event on the one-year anniversary of his passing. And, and we had people that came up to us afterwards and said, wow, I, I didn't know, I didn't understand the correlation between diabetes and kidney disease. Um, actually, the, the DJ that was there was saying that, you know, it opened his eyes to things and said, what should I ask my doctor? I've got a doctor's appointment next week. What, what should I ask them about my kidneys? And I think that's unique where we can take something that might, you know, bring more of a crowd and bring awareness in a different way, maybe to people that would not have thought about kidney disease before. And so that was also another highlight of our trip. One thing that I noticed, too, is that when you were in St. Louis, you were able to visit the lab of Ben Humphreys, who's an ASN member. And I'm, I'm just wondering if we sort of shift this from prevention and, and awareness, and you'd mentioned regenerative medicine and, and just some of the discoveries and the scientific side of this discussion. Oh, yes, please. Because <laughs> I get really charged up about that because of the future really is here. We're looking at the great work that Dr. Humphreys is doing and so many other people in that field to help with not just the organ shortage, but to really give people hope. And it was a wonderful experience because we also had our two children traveling with us that are 8 and 12. And Dr. Humphreys did such a wonderful job of including the children in really in that tour. And they were able to, you know, look through the microscope and see, you know, what the kidneys looked like and look at um, these kidney organoids that they're working on from human stem cells. And they can look at this and say, wow, is this something that can help my daddy? How many other people can this impact? And something else that really stood out and I was really impressed about was the fact that they, they're looking at as a whole, not just with all of the research that they're doing, but even for their fellows that are there, let's look at nephrology of the future, not of the past. What can we do to make a, a positive impact now and moving forward? And I, that was really refreshing to me. Yeah, they're doing a great job over there. 
Raymond, I'm just you know, you'd mentioned well Alan had mentioned that there's gonna be a, a West Coast tour in June. Uh what are you looking forward to in, in terms of that part of this adventure? Um, just like the prior tour, just meeting new and different people of different walks of life who have a story to tell themselves as far as kidney disease goes. Um, during the first trip we met so many interesting people. And it showed us the variances between age groups and race, and it doesn't matter. Kidney disease can strike at any moment, and meeting those people and seeing how they handle kidney disease and having them see me and know that they can live with kidney disease, and it's not a death sentence, and that's something that we try to impart upon them. And I think one important piece that I failed to mention is the fact that we're filming a documentary. So all along the way, we've been capturing these fantastic stories and documenting what we're learning so that we can share it with a broader audience. Obviously, not everyone's going to be there on these different stops. We want to reach as many people as possible, but we want to take this message and we want to distribute it, get it out to more of the masses. So our goal is to you know, continue filming through next summer and submit it to the Sundance Film Festival for their January 2019 screening. So that is the goal. And again, like Raymond was saying, I mean, some of the people that we're meeting, it's, it's one in nine. It's not the Raymond Scott story. The Raymond has a phenomenal story, and, you know, his journey, we, we've learned so much, that, and we've been able to help others with, you know, some of those examples. But it's one in nine. So we're capturing other people's journeys. Um, not one ESRD or kidney disease patient has the same story. They, there may be similarities, but there's so many twists and turns that happen in the journey. And, uh, and, and we've, we've kind of we've learned over the years, expect the unexpected. So e- even on this past tour, you know, there were some unexpected stops that we had. And some that, you know, even Raymond having to be in the hospital. But even through that, he, he was taken care of. We met some phenomenal people that we would not have met otherwise had he, had he not been there. And we were able to continue moving. So I think, you know, as we look forward to our West Coast tour, it's even some of those unexpected moments now. And hopefully Raymond's not going to go back into any of the hospitals. But, but the unexpected, you know, the, the people that we'll meet and the new stories that we'll be able to hear and document. What else do you have planned in terms of this effort? We're also going to make a trip back to New York City this summer, without the RV, of course, but we want to continue the efforts of reaching out to the communities there. So I'm excited. We're we're working with some local groups in New York City, including Image Nation, and we're going to participate in one of their film screenings in the park this summer. So we'll be coming back and tying in a health fair component and shining a light not just on, you know, bringing people out for a great time in the park. It, come out and see a film, but we'll also be able to highlight kidney disease there in Harlem. And then we're also going to be doing a similar event in Brooklyn. We're going to do a block party, which will include a health fair and some live music and entertainment. And, of course, the message of kidney disease. So, again, we want to make it fun for the communities. We want people to come out, have a good time, and learn something that they, they wouldn't have otherwise. So I think that's going to be a great way for us to reach more of that 90% and even others. And so we're, we're looking to also have some other exciting entertainment venues that we'll be working with in other states as well. So stay tuned for more details as that continues to develop.
So you mentioned that Raymond uses Next Stage and that, that you help him. Obviously, you had to do a lot of pre-planning for a month-long trip like this. How did you approach that challenge? So Next Stage is so wonderful to work with, and, and we were able to work with our nurse at his home clinic and plan things out. So we had enough room on the RV to take three days' worth of supplies with us. And then we just planned strategically ahead of time. So it, at certain destinations, we would have Raymond supplies shipped to us, and then we would be able to pick them up and, and continue with his treatments. And what's so great about the flexibility that that provides for us is that, I mean, here we are on this RV, and we're able to do his treatment from a campground <laughs> where he's overlooking a lake and, you know, or wherever we need to park to do his treatment. We had the flexibility to do so. So we, we really enjoyed the flexibility and freedom that that provided us. So I have to ask, who controls the radio? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, we take turns on that one. I I imagine the kids get a a vote as well, so there's sort of this rotation. Uh, Yeah, and they um, luckily had the iPod and an iPad and and headphones, (laughs) so they were occupied as well. And thankfully, Raymond and I were also able to take turns at the wheel because it was the two of us that were driving this 35-foot RV across the country. So we make a good team in in every aspect of <laughs> marriage, dialysis, and, and even traveling. So my last question I have to ask, is there something absolutely, you'd mentioned there were some unexpected experiences, but I'm just curious, what's the craziest thing that happened? And it could be completely unrelated to the message and and, and what it is you're trying to do. I'm just curious. I mean, to spend that much time on the road, there had to be something that you were both kind of left scratching your heads over. (laughs) Um, What were we thinking driving a 35-foot RV through New York City? Um, Actually, we survived it. But one, uh, we actually made a wrong turn and accidentally got on the FDR. And for anyone from New York or has been to New York would know that there aren't supposed to be high-profile vehicles or trucks on the FDR. So thankfully, this is the one time you, you, you're glad that there's a trooper behind you, and he was about four or five cars behind me. And he sped up and put, got on the loudspeaker and said, no trucks on the FDR, get off, get off. So um had to get off on the 71st Street exit. And for those in New York may know, it's there's barricades on two sides. It's a one lane, and then it's a sharp right turn when you get there. I'm happy to report, and, there, and the left lane, of course, turning right, the left lane was blocked, of course. And uh, so I did have to do a little maneuvering of going forward, backing up, forward, backing up. Um, happy to report I did not take any cars or cones or anything out. <laughs> Didn't leave any dents in the RV. Um, but I don't ever want to repeat that again. Um, but, you know, we, we, we laugh about it now. And then Raymond had his equal experience. I guess we, we, we try and see which one was worse. But Raymond um, had to drive through Oklahoma when lightning struck all around us. And suddenly we're in the middle of a severe thunderstorm and tornado watch. So we both have our harrowing stories to share. To drive down a road in Oklahoma City and see big rigs turned over on their side and a few ran off the road or pushed off the road. And I'm driving this RV and I can feel the wind pushing against us. That I'll always remember and I'm pretty sure the kids will too because they were sleeping before the thunderstorm. But when it happened, they were wide awake. 
They stayed, they stayed pretty calm, but I asked our, our daughter, Brooklyn, who is eight, and she said, yeah, I said, you guys did really well. You didn't seem that scared. She goes, I may not have looked scared on the outside, but I was scared on the inside. <laughs> I was thinking the name, potential working title for the documentary would be No Trucks on the FDR. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That was one of one of our lessons. <laughs> But I will share, too, while we were in, in New York City, because, you know, again, those unexpected stops that we had, it was in D.C. that Raymond was admitted to the VA Medical Center, and, and they did such a, a fabulous job. By the time we got to New York, we decided, because of how he was feeling, um, it'd be best for him to, for Raymond to get some respite care and go in center for his dialysis treatments. And I just have to say that Dr. Barry Smith, who's the president and CEO of the Rogerson Institute, we'd already had plans to meet and do some events there in New York City. But I just have to say that they went above and beyond to help get Raymond into treatment while he was there. And we could not have had better care. In fact, Raymond, I think you were sharing with me some of the experiences that you had there in the clinic that differed from other clinics that you had been at. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been to a dialysis unit where the doctors and the patients seemed happy. And it, it was more of a family atmosphere than nephrologist, patient, you know, counseling type atmosphere. Usually in a dialysis clinic, it's either one or the other or neither one are happy at all. But it's just a tribute to the Rogerson Institute and its doctors and Dr. Barry Smith and their dedication to end-stage renal disease. They were phenomenal. I'm struck, you know, ASN obviously works closely with Dr. Smith and the Rogerson Institute, and you had mentioned Next Stage earlier. And I'm struck that you've had very positive experiences with those aspects of the kidney community. And, and I'm just wondering, as, as you do look to the future, are there other in the National Kidney Foundation, too. So it seems like this is a community that, that you've worked well with and has been responsive to trying to, to help you um, as you raise awareness about kidney disease and the fact that it affects at least one in nine people in the United States. Yeah, again, it, it has to be a collective effort, and we really want to, as a patient advocacy group, we want to shine a light on those that are doing a phenomenal job. I mean, this is so many people have dedicated. This is their life's work, and this clearly is our life's work, no doubt. So we look to you know, a bright future ahead that collectively we can get out and share with more people and have us get the awareness that it deserves and have it be more of a household name so people are aware of it. We want to shake things up and, and then looking to, you know, again, the great care that is out there. Because, unfortunately, we do still hear of people that, you know, maybe get that diagnosis that they have to go on dialysis. And because of maybe misinformation that they have or what they've seen in years past, some people opt not to do that and, and unfortunately, pass away. And my hope is that they would have that more people would see that there's still hope, that they would see that there's different options than what, there were before, for example, you know, like with this next stage, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all. And so we have to look at the patient as an individual and identify what is best for them. So we look forward to forging strong relationships with the groups that we've already met and those that we will meet along this journey so that together we can really create that hope and change the trajectory of kidney disease. Annalyn, if people are interested in learning more about the One in Nine Roadshow or in providing support, how would they contact you? 
I would say first go to our website. It's one in nine, so it's the number one I N number nine kidneychallenge.com. We're also on Facebook under that same name, and you can also reach out directly if you wanted to learn more or see how you can get more involved by reaching out to us on both of those fronts, and um, we appreciate the support. Well, Annalyn and Raymond, thank you very much for sharing your inspirational story, but also for everything you're doing to raise awareness, to encourage people to really pay attention to this disease. And and I just can't thank you enough on behalf of ASN, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome, and thank you. Thank you for all the work that you are doing and for helping to highlight our efforts as well. Thank you so much. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology, all rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. This podcast should not be used in a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified healthcare provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the American Society of Nephrology. Thank you.